Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Today, I want to specifically talk about becoming people of the process. And while that's really, really poor grammar, hopefully it'll make sense as we unpack it a little bit today. So um, let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And it says, And he said, The kingdom, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and he rises night and day. And if the seed sprouts and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love your word, God. I pray that your word would be alive, God, today. I pray that it would look inside of our hearts, God, and it would shape us and it would transform us, God. And we would, at the end of this, look more like you than when we began. Jesus, we love you. And all of Radiant Church said amen. Amen. So I love the parables. I love the gospel of Mark particularly because, well, one, it's the shortest gospel in all four of them. It's the smallest. It's the the fastest read. But really what I love, I think, about Mark, other than just the, the speed of which you can read through it, is that he hones in and he, unique to the, all of the other gospels, he, he focuses in on the parables that Jesus taught. And I think it's interesting because he was writing to the church, he was writing to Christians in Rome, and he unpacks all of these parables that Jesus spoke in and, and such a unique way because when Jesus spoke in parables, it's not just surface level meanings. Have you ever caught that? When Jesus was speaking in parables so often, he would pack in just layer after layer after layer of meaning inside of them. And Mark in particular highlights these over and over and over again. It's really interesting. And as he does this, as he, we look at verse 26, the, we can look at it as face value and he's articulating the truth about a farmer who's sowing seed and doing this work. But as we peel back the layer and we kind of look at it with a fresh set of eyes, I think what he's also doing is he's articulating a spiritual truth that we can apply to our lives. And here's the, here's the thing that I wanna hang our hat on today is that for every promise of God, there's a process. And we've got to be willing to go through the process to obtain the promise. You see, we see it over and over in scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, wisdom literature, all over the Bible, we see this happening all throughout. And we see this idea of there's a process and there's a promise. There's a promise and there's a process to it. So let's do a little pop quiz. Are you guys ready for this? I know it's summer and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I graduated a long time ago. And you're like, this, I don't do pop quizzes. This will be okay, I promise. I'm gonna set you up to succeed, I promise. You ready? You guys ready with me? Yeah. All right, so seek and you will find. Yeah, see, you guys are ready. You didn't even need to stress. Ask and it will be? Knock and it will be? Open, there you go. So there's everything. If you want the promise, if you wanna receive, Ask. If you want to find, seek. If you want the door opened, knock. 
There's process and there's promise. There's promise and there's process. All throughout the scriptures and what God is saying, I believe in this parable is that we see this imagery that the seed goes into the dirt, the seed goes into the ground. It begins to sprout. It begins to get ripe. It begins to blossom and bloom. And then all of a sudden, then there's a harvest. There's a process. If the seed doesn't go into the ground, there isn't a harvest. There's a process to the promise. And I think what we have to do as Christ followers, as people who are trying to follow Jesus, we've got to put ourselves in a position to get the promise. You see, if we don't position ourselves in the process, we'll never get to the promise. If the seed doesn't go into the ground, if I don't step into the process, I don't get to receive the promise of the harvest. So as we keep going here, look at this. The seed, if it doesn't go into the ground, there is no harvest. So much of your spiritual life, so much of you taking spiritual steps is all about the process. That's why we do small groups here at Radiant Church. We don't really do them just to do them. We don't, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, great job. We got a bunch of small groups. No, no, no. We know that God works best in the context of relationships. That if you want to take spiritual steps, you need to have spiritual relationships. Isolation and spiritual growth do not go hand in hand. So if you want to take those spiritual steps, the best thing you can do is position yourself in a small group or with people who are taking spiritual steps as well. You have to be a part of the process to get to the promise. Okay, how many of you guys have kids? You guys have kids? Kids will teach you, I promise you, this is real. Kids will teach you more about process and promise than you could ever imagine in your entire life. This is amazing. So this week, um, hey, do you guys, can you guys put the first picture up? So this week, my family, we went and we got family pictures taken. Um, our, our little boy, Asher, is seven months old. So um, we were like, hey, let's get some family pictures taken. If you've ever gotten family pictures taken, you know that there's a lot of promises and a whole lot of process to get one good picture. Let's be real. There were some promises being made to get that one picture. There were snow cones and weeping and gnashing of teeth. But one of those two outcomes was going to happen if we didn't get a good picture. You know what I mean? It's, the, it's process and promise. They're like, we want snow cones. Then look at the camera and smile, please. You know what I mean? It's that moment. Let's go to the next one. We got uh, process and promise. The promise is it looks like this wonderful shot and it's cute and it's adorable. This was about a half a millisecond before my daughter, Jocelyn, sweet little Jossie, you always went awe about headbutt at her brother. <laughs> it's process and it's promise. We, okay, you guys can take it down. But what we do is we compare our promise, we compare our process to somebody else's promise. We look at Instagram, we look at Facebook, we look at Twitter, we look at whatever social media you like, and we see the snapshot of a promise. We see this millisecond take on a promise, and we go, my life doesn't look like that, so I'm a failure. You can't compare your process with somebody else's promise. Besides, when you look at that and you see this little, you see these captions, you're like, hashtag no filter. You're like, hashtag liars, that took you 47 takes. It's not real life. It's a picture. It's, a, it's just a snapshot of a promise. It's not the process. And we beat ourselves up and we get confused and we never enter into the promise. We never say, I'm going to enter in. I'm going to go into the dirt. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to go through this process so that I can get my promise. 
Because we're looking at all these other promises and saying, why doesn't my life look like that? It's because it's fake. That's not what our family looks like the majority of the time. <laughs> it's real. You gotta enter into the process to obtain the promise. Most people, when we look at Instagram, when we look at these things, we go, I can never be like that, or I can never do that. And we have this defeated mentality when we look at this stuff, and instead of going, maybe God's never called you to do that. Maybe that's not the promise that God has for you. Maybe he has something completely different for you. But if we're faithful to the process that he's put in front of us, then we know that we're going to obtain the promise that he has for us. I love this at the end of verse 28. It says that the earth produces by itself. Now, the Greek, this is the interesting emphasis because what they're implying in the Greek language there is that it's a work of God. It is not something that a man did. You see, when we look at our lives, we try to, we want to strive and we want to grow and we want to change and we want to do all those things. But ultimately, what God wants to do in our process is do a deep work inside of our hearts. He wants to look inside of us and say, here are the things that I see in you. I see anger, I see bitterness, I see resentment, I see pride, I see greed, I see all of these things inside of your heart. And I'm saying, if you enter the process, then you'll be able to walk in the promise. It's this constant we see all throughout scripture. But what happens is that as we, we go into the dirt and we say, okay, I'm gonna, be, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go into the process. And then we go to take a step and all of a sudden we go, wait a minute, this is not what I expected it to be like. Wait a minute, I don't have this all figured out. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know where I'm going after this step. And we allow fear to make us bypass the process altogether. Because God has put us on a path and he said, okay, I want you to take a step and I want you to do this. And we get confused and we get angry when something happened, it didn't go our way. Someone hurt us, someone abused us, someone did something that wasn't right, wasn't good. And then all of a sudden, or we fail or we do something and we stop taking steps and we turn our step into a seat. And we're miserable and we're confused and we don't know what to do with our lives because we're stuck. We've stuck ourselves into a process. When God is saying, you need to keep taking steps, you need to keep moving forward, you need to keep doing the things that you know that you should do, that I've given you to do, so that you can walk through the process all the way. I promise you, if you stop halfway through the process, you're going to be miserable. The process is, at times, it is hard enough. Saying yes to the things of God instead of the things that I want to do in my own life. Saying, saying no to my flesh. Saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible even though I don't feel like it. Over and over. All of those things. All of those hundreds of decisions that we make day in and day out. That we may not feel like making every day. But if we're committed to them and we keep taking steps, then all of a sudden we can move through the process to get the promise. If the seed doesn't go into the ground, you don't reach a harvest. There's a reality there, and I think it's so funny in this parable that the farmer has no idea how this works. I mean, that is a terrible farmer, right? Like, let's be real. Like, you put a seed in the ground, and you don't know how to make it grow? Like, 
I feel like that should be farming like 101. The seed goes into the ground, water it, give it sunlight. Make, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like these are pretty basic things. The reality is though, you don't have to know how it works to know that it works. We are the most risk averse generation the world has ever seen. I wanna ask you, how many times have you told someone or one of your children to be careful? Just saying. I say that, I caught myself saying this all the time. This is real. I caught myself telling my kids to be careful all the time. So I just told Rachel, I was like, I'm not telling them to be careful anymore. And I failed miserably, but it's, I'm working on it. I'm, a, I'm in process. So I've stopped telling them to be careful and I've stopped, I started to tell them to pay attention. Now, trust me, here's, I'm gonna pivot that. Isaac, you're standing on a chair. What are you doing? Pay attention and get down. <laughs> It's this moment where it's like you can, you can decide if you're going to live in fear and allow fear to immobilize you, fear of the unknown, fear of the process, fear that you may fail, fear that you're not going to succeed, fear that God isn't going to come through to, to paralyze you from the process, from taking steps, or you can commit to the process no matter what. And I promise you, as you continue to take spiritual steps, as you continue to say, I'm committed to this process, I'm going to take spiritual step after spiritual step after spiritual step, you will grow and you will achieve the promise that God has for you. You can't let fear keep you from taking steps. Don't let fear, don't let the fear of not knowing stop you from taking steps. We're always looking to know more. We're always looking to know more, to have all the information, but I promise you, the majority of the time in following Jesus, you will not have it all figured out. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. The process will work if you work the process. That's why I love this in James. It says this, the brother of Jesus said this. He says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. I mean, this is Jesus' brother saying, hey, listen, I know you've heard it. Do it. There is this faith implied when with action comes, there is this faith implied inside of it. You see, because when we're uncertain, it doesn't mean God's not there. Uncertainty does not mean God is not in your situation. Uncertainty, when you step out in the midst of uncertainty, is called faith. Uncertainty left unchecked would be fear in your heart. But if you step out in the midst of uncertainty, I promise you, that's what faith is. It's having the guts inside of yourself to say, even though I don't understand what's happening in this season, I don't understand why this situation is played out the way it has. I don't understand why this thing is being revealed in my heart. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know, God, why I feel buried beneath the ground where I feel dark, I feel lonely. I don't understand what's going on in this season of life. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna keep taking steps and I'm gonna keep following you and I'm gonna keep trusting you because I know if I, enter into the process then I can get the promise it's this moment we have to let our faith rise up don't let what you don't know keep you from embracing the process keep sowing keep praying keep serving keep believing 
We are so okay with, the level, with levels of ignorance in almost every area of our life. Have you noticed this? This is real. This is, I promise this, this is true. We are so okay with ignorance in almost every single level of our, every area of our life, except for our relation with God. When it comes to our relationship with God, we go, okay, I'm in the process and I need to know this step and then I need to know the next step and I need to know the next step and I need to know the next step so that I know five steps down the road, I'm gonna get the promise. Trust me, I'm, a, I'm like a type one on the Enneagram. I am like a process is my life. I love steps, I love lists, all that stuff. But it, that's the only area of our life where we feel like we have to have it all figured out. Let me give you some samples. I drove my truck here this morning, right? And I have no idea how the tires actually work on a vehicle. This is much to my shame, I know, but I don't know. I mean, I know how it works. I know that I put the key in the ignition. I start it. I put it in drive. I hit the gas pedal. My tires turn, and I go where I want. I don't know how that actually works. Now, I understand there's the engines doing stuff, and, you know, the transmission's doing stuff. I get all of that. The axles are turning and making tires, but... I don't know how it actually works. I have a backup camera. How many of you guys have backup cameras? I have no idea how the backup camera actually works. I put my car, I put it in reverse, and a camera on my, the back of my truck comes on to a screen so I can back up and not hit things. I have no idea how that works. And frankly, I'm completely okay with that. I have no desire to learn how my backup camera actually works. I have an iPad. I know that if I want to type on my iPad, the little keyboard pops up and I can touch places on the screen and words will populate on the screen for me. Like I'll touch them and they pop up. I have no idea how that actually works. If anyone does, you feel free to tell me afterward, but I have no clue how any of those things work and I'm completely okay with it. I don't need to know how they work. I just need to know that they do work. But when it comes to our relationship with God, why do we think we have to know how it works? I think all we need to know is that it does work. I don't know how serving other people makes me feel more fulfilled in life. I have no idea how that actually works. I'm giving people my time, my energy, my talent. I'm giving people things. I'm giving them pieces of my time. I'm doing all of those things. I have no idea how giving of myself makes me feel more fulfilled. But I know it works. How many of you guys have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I'm like throwing it way back right now. This is like high school days, first year of college. There's this theory, Maslow's hierarchy needs is this theory that your essential needs in life are basically stacked one upon another in a pyramid shape where the bottom most basic needs are the widest point and the most intrinsic needs are become the peak of the pyramid. As it moves up, they become, their needs become more inwardly focused. You tracking me? So on the bottom is basically your physiological needs. That's food, shelter, basic things. And as you move up the pyramid, when I was in school um, a little while ago, they, the top of the pyramid was called self-actualization. Basically, it's saying you need to know who you were created to be. You need to be doing what you were created to do. We would call that discovering your purpose. That God wants you to discover your purpose. Now, a few years ago, they actually got in this big debate about updating this pyramid and adding a new top layer. 
Now, what they settled on for this new top layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, think about this, your basic needs, and it gets up, 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 all the way to the peak. And now they say it is no longer, you no longer need to know what you're created to do. That's no longer the highest fulfillment. Now, they, scientists call this a word, psychologists call this transcendence. What they're using transcendence to articulate is this, that you need to live a life that goes beyond your life. You need to make a difference. It is amazing to me that even though I don't understand how me feeling and achieving the most fulfillment in my life could come from me serving other people, doesn't mean it doesn't work. Just because you may not know what the process, how the process works doesn't mean it doesn't work. I want to I have a more vibrant relationship with the Lord. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going I'm to take a step. I'm going to start doing that. Well, I don't feel like it today. And I, I, don't, I hit the snooze button 47 times and I slept, overslept. Okay, I'm right back to square one. Okay, tomorrow I'm doing it. I did it tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to start praying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible and I'm going to pray. I'm going to start taking spiritual steps and I'm going to keep doing that day after day, even though I may not feel like it, even though it may look like the process doesn't achieve the end results or it doesn't, I'm not getting there. But what happens is when you look back over time, you see all of the spiritual growth and you see the harvest that God has done in your heart that has transformed you. A few weeks ago, I was talking to one of our small group leaders and Awesome guy, and we were, we were talking about it, and we were talking about his small group journey. He was a small group pretender, and now he's a small group leader. And we were just talking like, hey, what did that look like for you? What was that process like? And he was like, well, um, I joined this one small group, and it was, it was okay. It didn't really work out. It, was, it, was, you know, it, was, it wasn't for me. It didn't do anything or whatever. So, and then I joined this other small group, and you know, I kind of thought the same thing. It really wasn't for me. It didn't really work out. But you know, so then finally I said, hey, I'm going to lead a small group. So he, he's leading a small group. It's awesome. It's great. He's, he's making friends. They're, they're taking spiritual steps. They're doing all the things, right? Now, inside of me, I wanted to be like, ooh, that hurt because this small group that didn't work out was mine. Um, just, just saying. But when I'm talking and I'm having this conversation, he's going, but wait. But one of my friends from this small group that carried over and one of my friends from this small group carried over and one of my, small, my friends from this small group carried over, and now those guys are my roommates. Now I'm doing life on life with these guys, and, and we're, we're pursuing Jesus together, and we're doing life, and we're growing, and we're taking spiritual steps. The pro, I believe wholeheartedly the process looks just like that so often. We come back here, and we go, oh, no, hey, I tried a small group. It didn't work. They're not for me. I don't need to grow. I don't, I don't need that. I'm punting on the whole concept. Uh, this one didn't work. I tried it twice. Come on. I, I gave it two, two go-rounds. It didn't work. I'm moving on. And we never get to walk in the promise because we punt on the process. The reality is, even though those groups in his mind weren't working, when he looks back, he can see God at work in the midst of his life because he was faithful to the process that God had for him. Your process is going to look completely different than somebody else's, and that's okay because your promise is completely different than somebody else's. Finally, the process leads to the promise. You see, so often I think we want, 
we, we see situations, we see difficulties in our life, we see these things in front of us. And we go, I can never, God, why isn't this being moved? I need this to be moved in my life. There's a situation, there's this mountain in front of me and I can't handle it, I can't hang, I can't do this, God. Move this mountain and it's, it doesn't move. I really believe that sometimes the mountain isn't moved in your life. Whatever situation is daunting and fearful for you, whatever situation is causing you that anxiety, that stress, so often God says, I want you to walk through the process. I want you to go over it. And if God just moves it, we don't get the strength. We don't get to grow. We don't get to be transformed because of the process. So every year, Rachel and I, we sit down in January and we, we usually pick out a Bible verse that we try to like, we want to do better at. Does that make sense? Like we just pick a Bible verse we, and go, hey, I think we want to get better at this verse this year. And um, a few years ago, we picked out Luke 2.52. It was, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor before both God and men. And we said, okay, what's that look like for us? And we said, okay, we want to, I want to start, uh, I'm going to do the audio Bible while I'm, I'm driving or I want to, you know, I want to read a book a month. Um, I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in favor. I want to do those things. I want to start eating healthier. I want to start going to the gym. I want to start whatever it is. And we start walking out that process. By the end of the year, we're, com we're completely changed by that verse. And it has nothing to do with because we were awesome on one day. Going to the gym once doesn't make me healthy. Eating a healthy meal doesn't make me healthy. It's the process, is the accumulation of day after day after day of days that are ordinary, days that are boring, days that you don't feel like you're making any progress at all. Those are the days when you embrace the process and you're actually making more growth and you're taking more steps than you ever could before. I promise you, God will do more if you commit your ordinary to him than you ever can hope for in the extraordinary moments. If you embrace the ordinary mundane moments of your life and say, I'm going to be in the process. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take step after step. And even though I don't feel like it, even though it doesn't look like the promise, even though it doesn't, it's not in the moment that I feel that I'm obtaining anything, I'm gonna trust that when I do God's word, when I'm obedient to God's word, that he will be faithful and I'll be able to walk and the promises that he has for me. So often, we're always looking at the external things. But more often than not, God is trying to do a work on the inside of us. We're looking for external changes, and God is saying, I'm looking for internal changes. I see that pride, I see that greed, I see that laziness, I see that whatever it is, that resentment, that bitterness, I see that in your heart. And God is saying, I want you to step into the process. I want you to go through the process so that I can do a deep work in your heart and transform you from the inside and then out. Paul wrote it like this in 2 Corinthians. It says this, it says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We think the process should be all external and God's saying, no, 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 the process starts on the internal. That it's not the window dressing 
of your life. It's, it's your heart. It's the things inside of you that, that you can't shake, that you can't, when you're all by yourself, those, those wrestlings, those feelings, those struggles, those things inside of your heart, when you're all alone and no one's around, those are the things and those are the areas that God is saying, if you will allow me to, if you walk, if you step into the process, those are the things that I'll do a work in. Greed. Bitterness. Fear your anxiety, your isolation, your loneliness. Those are the things that if you submit your heart to God, if you, if you step into the processes of God, if you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow myself, even though I feel like I'm being buried, even though I feel like the process doesn't look anything like the promise of the harvest, it looks like a seed going into the ground that doesn't make sense, I don't understand it, but if we submit to the process, then we know get the harvest. So plants usually don't last too long at the Dorinsky house. Um, I don't know if it's our kids or I don't know if it's me. It's probably me, but we had these plants that we had for, um, for about three years. We got them right when we first moved to Kansas City and they were in pots and it came time to where we needed to um, repot them because they were, they're getting bigger. They needed bigger pots, apparently. I don't I wonder why our pants die. Um, but we repotted them. We put them in a new pot, and then within 48 hours, they died. They just, like, completely died. Like, my son Isaac um, picked up a big stem off the ground and said, Dad, this fell out of Mom's plant. I'm going to put it back in the dirt, okay? I was like, okay, do it, bud. Good job. I'm looking out for Dad. Good job. And I think so often we do that. We do it to ourselves. We go, you know what? I don't feel like the process is working. So I'm gonna pick up, I'm gonna move to somewhere, I'm gonna do something different because it's exciting, it's, it's trendy, it's this, it's that, it's whatever it is. And what happens over and over and over again when we uproot ourselves and replant ourselves and uproot ourselves and replant ourselves, constantly looking for something that's exciting, for something that's new, for something that's fresh, what happens is this, we end up killing ourselves. Because we never get to take root, we never get to go through the process. We just keep starting it over and over and over and over again. Your situation, the external situation that you're facing won't change the internal things that you're dealing with in your heart unless you allow God to walk you through a process. Andrew Murray said it like this, he's a hero. He's written so many works on prayer and so many so many incredible books. He said it like this. He said, God is, men are looking, people are looking for better methods, but God is looking for better men. We put all of our energy on the external when God is saying, I want you to focus on the internal. There are things that you have going on in your heart that I want to deal with. I want you to grow through because if you go into the process, if you go into the dirt, you're gonna grow and you're gonna be transformed and you're gonna be changed. And all of a sudden you're gonna achieve the harvest. You're gonna be able to walk in the promises of God because you've went through the process. I believe that your destiny is revealed in the dirt. That the things God has for you, 
so revealed when you allow yourself to go deep down into the process. Say, I'm gonna become who God says I am. I'm gonna allow his Holy Spirit to speak to me and transform me and do a deep work in my heart. Because it's in that moment that you see real life change. It's in that moment that you see real transformation taking place. Because if we're committed to the process, I promise there's no limit to what God can do in your life. I find it so interesting, Jesus used this analogy, he used this parable phrasing over and over and over again of seed going into the ground. It, he, it was a metaphor, it was a story that he loved and he would use it in different contexts and in different nuance, which lends itself so well to the, the, all the layers of scripture and all the layers of his parables. And in, in John chapter 14, chapter 12, sorry, John chapter 12 said this, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a, a gr grain of wheat falls into the earth, and it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You see, Jesus wasn't just teaching a principle on how to live. He was telling you what his life was about to model. Jesus didn't come to this earth just to teach. He came to this earth to say, hey, I'm gonna do what you cannot do. I'm gonna go through the process. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go all the way through this process in a manner in which you never could go yourself. That I'm gonna live blamelessly, that I'm gonna die on a cross, that I'm gonna be crucified, I'm gonna be buried, and then I'm gonna rise from the dead so that I can remove any and every obstacle that would ever hinder you from having a relationship with God. He didn't just talk about process. He didn't just talk about promise. He lived it. And I'm telling you today, you can take that step and say, Jesus, I'm gonna enter into that process. I'm gonna lay hold of the promise that you have for me that I can have a relationship with you, that I can know you, that you can transform my life. And I'm gonna, stick, I'm gonna take my first step inside of that process today.